You're listening to the Angels and Awakening podcast, and I'm your host, Julie Jancis. I have the gift of connecting with your angels and loved ones on the other side. The intention of every podcast episode and every service that I offer is to help you heal, to help you raise your vibration, and to give you the tools you need to help others. Why? Because when you take responsibility for your own healing and your own joy, and you use what you've learned to serve others, you're helping to shift the vibration on earth to a place of more peace. And isn't that what it's all about? If you feel called to work with me, we have many services available to you. We offer a new online e-course with a new topic every month. These help you dive deeper on your spiritual journey. We also offer an Angel Reiki certification training program. We call it the Angel School. It's held every other month in person and twice a year online. Here, you'll become a certified Angel Reiki master teacher and develop your spiritual gifts. Twice a month, we offer a live online group Reiki healing session. You just call into a webinar number and listen as I guide you through a healing session with the angels. You can also book a one-on-one angel message reading with me. You help keep this podcast going, friends, when you book one or more of these services on my website, www.jancis.com. That's my last name, .com. Stay tuned at the end of this podcast to hear all about the freebies we offer as well and how you can win a free session. Hello, friends. Today we have on Karina Virginia. Karina has wrote several, several books, which you can find on Amazon. She has been a healer her whole life, and she works in New York City as a kundalini yoga specialist. She also has a YouTube video where she shares openly so many beautiful messages, so many different meditations that you can use for free. So definitely check that out. You're going to hear us hop directly into the interview where we talk about really divine feminine energy and how divine masculine, divine feminine is shifting right now, right here in our lifetimes and how women are being called to use their voice. My friends, this doesn't always feel good to use our voice. It's something that we are coming into, but you're going to hear Karina tell her story of what happened in her life that really brought her to a point where spirit really brought her to her purpose in this lifetime, which was to step into her power, step into her authenticity, and be able to speak from a place of peace, of love, and authenticity. My friends, it is a dynamic interview with Karina today, and I'm so excited that we get to spend some time listening to her speak today. Thank you so much for being on the show today. I, I'm just so grateful for your time. And My pleasure. Yeah, so I don't really know too much about kundalini yoga and what happened was my dad passed away four years ago. I saw, I saw while I was kind of looking at your New Yorker story that your dad had passed, and I just mm-hmm. want to say how sorry I am because I know how hard that is. Thank you. But, yeah, when he passed, he was on his third wife, and nobody called to let us kids know. And oh so I started hearing from him about a month before um, his second wife was able to kind of track us down. And wow. uh, so that entire month, I just kept hearing, she needs a hairbrush like I use. She needs a hairbrush like I used. And I ended up working with a spiritual teacher who helped me to realize that that was really him coming mm-hmm. through and helped me bring through my gift. Um, but she also really helped me to open up my crown chakra. And mm-hmm. I can only describe it as... It feels like you're living in a different vibrational frequency, like a different dimension, you know? Yeah, yeah. Is that similar to Kundalini? 
Not necessarily. I think I think a lot of people who um, practice kundalini yoga are doing it for health benefits, the glandular system, the nervous system. Not everybody that practices kundalini yoga is going to have that experience. We, we that is that's called the tenth gate, the crown chakra in kundalini yoga. But not everybody goes into that that place, and not everybody goes into that frequency. Does that answer your question? I mean, I do, and I know some others that do, but it's not something. It's not the the reason to practice it. The intention is not necessarily to get into that place. Okay. So talk to me more then about kundalini and what it is intended to be used for. So in kundalini yoga, we have 10 bodies. This is the the philosophy behind kundalini yoga is that the physical body is only one of the bodies. But the three of them are actually part of the mind, the neutral mind, the negative mind, and the positive mind. And then we have the subtle body which is the the field around the body, which is an energy field. We also have arc lines, which are also energy fields. We have a whole system in place that integrates all aspects of the body, physical body, mind, prana, which is the breath, and soul. And through kundalini yoga, we find clarity and awareness with integrating all aspects of ourselves to know who we are, our I am, our truth. And we also heal the nervous system. We open up the spine to create a a healing system so that the spine becomes like an antenna and we're able to physically heal the spinal fluid from being from being jammed in the base of the spine, the spinal fluid lifts up through the physical postures to help balance the neurotransmitters. And then in turn, the neurotransmitters help to balance the glandular system. So our hormonal system, our well-being, our serotonin levels, our dopamine levels, a lot of physiological responses there, along with the energetic responses of balancing the entire chakra system and the nadis along with, again, yes, we do open up the 10th gate, so there is that connection to the divine. And we also have the ability to tap into the the heart space and quiet the thinking, the overthinking part of the mind, to go into that neutrality of the mind. So in Kundalini Yoga, it's it's really known as the yoga of awareness because it does all of those things and it does them in a very activated and accelerated manner. So things can shift very quickly. Does that answer your question? Because there's so much to it. There's so much to it that it would take, you know, I wrote an entire book on it. So it's, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to just keep it as, as basic as possible to make it understand, you know, to make it understandable and make it accessible to people. Um, yeah. But it would be, it's more than one podcast to even go into just the core of it. Totally. So I've got a couple of questions off of this. How do you feel then? Because really, there's so many different healing arts, right? Yeah. Um, energy healing, Reiki, different forms of energy healing, yoga, different forms of yoga, Kundalini. Are they all just ways to get to the same endpoint of healing us, mind, body, and soul? Yes. And just like religion, right, there are many different religions, and there's different practices in each religion. There's different traditions in each religion, but they're all pathways to the divine. They're all like rivers leading to the ocean, right? So kundalini yoga is one of the rivers that leads to the ocean, just as hatha yoga is, just as reiki is, just as uh, meditation is. Um, Whatever resonates with the individual, 
is by far the most accessible practice to get us to that place of oneness with the higher realms and oneness with all that is. That's my opinion. For me, I've always been a very spiritual individual. I was born that way. It's never changed. As a child, I used to have very deep experiences with the angelic realm. I didn't really understand what it was, but I I went to church and I would constantly ask my Sunday school teacher about the angels and what they meant. And the Sunday school teacher would say, just read your workbook, you know? And I would say, I'm not really finding what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about what I see in the clouds, you know? (laughs) Yes, yes. I'm laughing because I went to Catholic school and I Mm -hmm. I had the same type of experience of, you know, um, I felt uh, that high vibration for the first time in church, but what I was looking for wasn't in the teachings that I was being taught. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's exactly what what happened to me. And when I was 18 and I went to college, I went to a very open-minded environment and I was an acting major and as an acting major, we learned a lot about the the energy in the body and how to utilize that energy to create new characters. And so through mm-hmm. that, I discovered the chakra system and I discovered the breathing exercises and all of these things that would bring us to that Trans, that, that transcendent place. And that's when I found yoga and meditation. And mm-hmm. I didn't find Kundalini yoga until I was in my 20s, but I had found other forms of, of yoga and meditation that were such gifts for me in my life because it felt like there was something that, that made more sense to me than, than just scripture. I don't mean just scripture because I do think scripture is beautiful. I think there's so many beautiful scriptures out there in the world, and I love to read them from many different religions. But my point is that in our heart, we have to find what resonates with us. And I don't think one is necessarily better than the other. It is about what feels right for us. Yeah, and that's what Spirit was showing me, too, when you were talking about reading scripture from different religions, because I do that, too. And what I found throughout my life is I just accept and, oh, it's 12-11. I've been seeing 11s all day. Um, oh, yeah, I see 11s all the time. Is <laughs> <laughs> just we do need to tap into the energy of what we're reading, and you can feel it. You can feel if it's a high vibration and it resonates with you, and you can feel if it's a lower vibration, something that you can tell came more from somebody's egoic mind, and, and it mm-hmm. doesn't have a place in your world. Yeah. Yeah. So For I know sure. we kind of hopped mm-hmm. in quick because I was just so excited to chat with you. But tell people a little bit more about who you are, what you do, because you are all over. You've got books. You're, um, you know, you've just got a big presence, and you're doing so much great healing work in the world. I want them to know more about who hmm. who you are. Okay. Yeah. Well, I to, to put it in a nutshell, I was born a healer, and I would say that you know, along with being a a spiritual mentor for people and a yoga instructor and an activist, a peace activist, I think that ultimately the my entire umbrella is that I'm I'm here to help heal humanity. And sometimes that's on a micro level, one on one. Sometimes it's with a stranger that I've never seen before and never end up seeing again. Um, sometimes it's in, in, with random acts of kindness at a, just a random moment because I'm just called there. And other times it's through bigger forms of activism in my life that I never in a million years thought I would ever do, but was was very called to do, which is very complicated because I think that's happening to many of us at this time. If we're here with open hearts, um, we are being called to help this planet heal. And we are being called from the other side to to have the courage to do that. So I would say, yes, there are many components to to me. There's always been many components to me. I've always been a very multidimensional person, even as a child. I've always been very deep. I've always kind of had that I'm taking up too much space fear and I'm too much type of person. 
um, until I finally found a way to embody all of, of who I am. And so I like to think that I am here to help inspire other people to embody all that they are and to overcome the shame of feeling that we are too big for our britches when here we're, we're here to be light workers. And I don't think anybody's listening to this podcast who isn't a light worker or called to be a light worker to, to uplift and, and up level others as well as ourselves. So I choose to do these things because I feel that that's my life's calling to help others to, to do the same and that to recognize the, each other in one another and to help bring this massive illumination to this world that is in such need of it right now. Absolutely. What I've been finding happening in my work is that spirit takes me to places personally so that I understand the vibration of it and I can help others heal as well. Right. And I feel like mm-hmm. when I was reading your story, that's Spirit has just been bringing me to people who have the answers to the questions that I have right now. And one of my questions this year has been, we get stuck in this lower vibrational energy, even though we are healers, right, of just Mm -hmm. the tragedies that we can go through in our lives and these different things and just getting pulled down by the egoic mind into the mind cycling on the energy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you've been through this. Like when I was reading the New Yorker story, I could feel the energy of it. And what the angels were showing me is that they brought you through stuff to understand how to heal yourself. Because once you would understand that you knew how to help others heal and and you had the keys to show them that. Mm -hmm. So I guess my question is when the egoic mind tries to rein you into this, loop of lower vibrational energy and it could just be sadness it can be disappointment it can be frustration how do you because it's so strong at times right like it's yes such a hard energy and you had this in a incredibly different level than i ever have right like like you experienced can i just say it yeah sure okay so you experienced Donald Trump groping you and you went through this and you spoke about it publicly. And after you did, you got hate mail and you got death threats and you Mm -hmm. had people sending you things that were just vile. I mean, the vileness of humanity that has come out over the last couple of years that is just kind of bubbling to the surface is unreal. Mm -hmm. How did you deal with that energy? How did you manage it? Well, first I'll be honest in telling you that there were moments that I thought I was going to die and that I literally felt like daggers were in my skin. Like if you can imagine this, the thinnest little acupuncture needle, just imagine them covering every single area of your body. That's what it mm-hmm. felt like. And because I'm so sensitive to energy, it wasn't even about what I was necessarily receiving at that time in the mail or in the way of threats or um, I wasn't even watching the news. I wasn't even looking online. I had people removing horrible comments from different things, um, even just even Amazon. They were even just trying to destroy anything that I had, any of my other work that I had done um, by, you know, making really brutal comments. I wasn't looking at that. I had to, I had very close people in my life that were helping me through that. But the energetic hate was so brutal that I had only one choice, and that is that I had to heal because I couldn't I could not function. It was paralyzing. So how did I heal? There are a lot of things that I did. I'm actually um, in the process of, of of starting to to take the steps to write about this because I think that we're being called, especially as women right now, to speak our truth 
and to heal for our ancestors and for our children and to have the courage to move through these blocks and not hold ourselves back. But the way that I got through it, and there's a lot of different things that I did, but what ultimately helped me was my connection to spirit. And my, I mean, I would literally sometimes get myself into the car and find my way to a church and practically couldn't even get into the church to get to the pew. And I would just sit there in the church and just pray. And that's where I would feel comfort. And I just felt like I was protected in these four walls of this holy place. And it didn't even need to be a specific congregation or a specific church. I just needed to be in a vibration of prayer. It could be a synagogue. It could be a gurdwara or a temple. I just needed to be in a place where people were pray- were prayerful. I also was forced into massive healing for areas of my life that were so that were so debilitating in the past, which I wasn't even aware of, like not knowing my worth as a as a woman, as a person, um, carrying the ancestral imprint of shame for so many years and not even understanding that. And the way that I was forced into healing it was by having everything almost just just like thrown at me. So all my fears, my fears of people not liking me, my fears of overstepping, my fears of, of speaking when I wasn't, you know, given permission to speak or taking up too much space, my fears of being impolite, all of those things became just so exaggerated and they were not fears anymore. They were just, they were real. And it was so brutal. I also would say that I... When I, you know, you had mentioned the 11, I see 11, I've been seeing 11 for a long time. And um, when I made the choice, so so I, I've been a people pleaser, I'm a recovering people pleaser. I am an empath. I am highly sensitive. I do not like conflict. I'm a middle child. Both of my parents are from Europe. My mom is British. My mom raised us to be very polite and to be very soft-spoken. And you put the things that happen to you under the rug and you don't show the world the things that happen. You just rise above it. So I was raised this this way and I really don't like to disrupt anything. I, I like to just keep the peace, 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 peacemaker, peacemaker. And so when I was called and I really do mean that. I was called to do this, to speak the truth of what happened. I said, no way. There's no way I'm doing this. There's absolutely no no way. And I went to teach a class, and I couldn't. The the the, the chants that, that we teach in Kundalini Yoga, I couldn't. They couldn't. I couldn't get them out. My throat was just so closed up. And I came home, and I was just devastated. And I felt like such a... I felt like such a fraud because I thought, you know, this happened to me and there's no, and I'm not saying anything and I'm just going to have to live with this and I'm going to have to, you know, explain to my children why I didn't say anything and I'm going to have to just, you know, people know what happened to me and people are asking if I'm going to say anything and I'm just going to be just, I'm just going to just be, I'm going to be a yoga teacher and I'll just continue just doing the work I do, but it will never be as authentic, but that's okay. And that's how I justified it to myself, because there's no way I'm putting myself out into that situation. And I was watching the other women who were doing it, and I thought, oh, my gosh, these women are amazing. How courageous. Where? You know when you compare yourself to people and you think, how does that person possibly do that? And you think there's no way I could do that, right? Absolutely, yeah. It was that. And, wow, these people are, wow. And then I started thinking, gosh, I am just, you know such a wimp. I'm really such a wimp because there's no way I'm doing this. And I'm just, you know, I just have to accept that. I'm going to have to deal with this. And I went into a meditation and I was praying and I said, what, what is happening here? And I knew, you know, I was calling upon these higher realms and really feeling this presence of the divine feminine. What is happening here? 
So I get a little shaky when I talk about this because it's still quite raw, um, to be honest with you, but I don't feel like I'm necessarily going into that vibration. I'm, I, I'm not going down into that vibration talking about it. It's just bringing up a lot of movement, a lot of energies moving, a lot of emotions inside of me are moving right now. So that's why I'm getting choked up. It's not that I'm going into this heavy place, okay? Okay. I yeah, don't... no, I just wanted to be respectful of you. I would never want to take you back there. Yes, I know. Thank you. And I and I know that. And if I felt that I was being taken back there through this call and I wasn't and it didn't feel appropriate to me, then I would at this point in my life, I would say, let's not have that discussion. We can talk about, yeah, you know, a near death experience or something, right? But I do think sure. this is where you this is where you wanted to bring the conversation and that your your want is from your heart because you know that this is something that your listeners need to hear. And I believe yeah. that. I do believe yeah. that. So I was meditating and it came to me, it was very, very, very kind. It was very loving. And the message was just like how you were ta- you were hearing about the hairbrush when your father died, right? I don't even know who, it didn't feel like an ancestor was talking to me. It felt like it was even this, this like, almost like group of, of, of like a, a grandmother council or something. I don't, I, I really don't know. I really don't know. But this message was. You know, I have, I have a book idea and I'm so sorry to interrupt. But yeah. I know who it is. There is, because I want to go into a couple different topics uh, eventually. One is the Divine Feminine. There is a whole group, and I'm going to write a book on them because they channel them, that are the archangel, female mm. archangels. And mm. um, they have been really coming in heavily with their presence here. They're working with a lot of people. And um, when I was reading through your story in The New Yorker, I could feel their presence with you. Oh, wow. That's probably exactly, that's probably exactly who it was. That, that resonates. That definitely resonates. Yeah. yeah. Well, when, when I tell you this part, you're, no, it's okay, because when I tell you this part, you're going to really feel it, I think, because it's making a lot of sense now with the 11. So I'm going to keep this, I'm going to keep this quick. But the message was, you don't have to do anything. We love you. We love you exactly the way you are. You don't need to do a thing. But if you don't, you're going to your your body is going to react there's going to be an internal reaction and you're going to you're going to go through some some issues that will you know some health issues because your whole thyroid will shut down your every you know it was very clear but it it wasn't set as a threat and it was not set as an ultimatum it was very very much we're giving you a choice but we're saying this with so much love because even if you go through that imploding inside of you, it's okay because ultimately you're still going to heal. The other option is to speak and you're going to get the hate from the outside, but on the inside, you won't deal with health issues. It will come from the outside and we're not saying that's going to be easy either. But you were in a situation, and then astrologically, I found out later that I was in this cusp period astrologically where I was going to be going through a tunnel of something that was going to compress me and force me into some massive healing. So at that moment, what these, what the message was was so very clear, and I could feel the, I could feel my body contract, I could feel it all happening, and I could hear autoimmune disease, I could hear Hashimoto's, I could hear all these things like just all these sorts of different things of my body shutting down. And I said to my husband, I think I need to say something. And my husband looked at me like, no way, you know, knowing who I am too. Like you're the last person who would say something. And we watched one of the debates and I just fell apart. I was crying. I couldn't stop crying. I couldn't sleep all night. And the long and the short of it is that my husband ended, I ended up talking to an attorney and my husband called that attorney to talk to her saying, what, you know, what are we, I don't know what to do. My wife, I've never seen my wife like this before. I don't, I mean, I'm concerned about her and I don't want her to put herself out there at all, but I'm really concerned about her. And, um, when he got off the phone with her, now my husband's very mainstream and he's married to a total woo woo me really, and which is, you know, kind of a very funny dynamic all the time. People, you know, laugh at us because he's just so linear and I'm so not. And he always says, you know, when you talk about the number stuff, like the 1111 stuff, sometimes I think it goes over people's heads. And then 
you know, I think maybe just just don't talk so much about the, oh the four four fours eleven 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 you know thing. And he said, I mean, tell us, tell your family, but not when you're teaching or not when you're doing any of your you know um, speaking gigs. So I kind of took that to heart. Okay, you know, I know he he means well. Well, that phone call he said to me, if I didn't tell you this, I would be, I would feel. I would feel awful forever. So I just need to tell you this as you make your decision. He said, when I looked at my cell phone, when I was hanging, when I hung up the phone with the lawyer, I was on the phone with her for 11 minutes and 11 seconds. Uh. And at that moment, I went, oh, no, because that was my confirmation. And I knew it. I knew I had to do it. And I did it. And it was brutal. It was beyond brutal. But I have, I will say that, I the healing that I'm going through in my life is massive. And I do see how this healing I'm going through is helping so many other people too. So there is something, there's a momentum to this. Not that it's not scary still, not that it's not beyond, you know, defeating at times, because it is. I mean, it's it's every day I have to see that there's, you know, we're we're in a Me Too movement, and the person that I spoke up about is having, you know, his his ratings are elevated. You know, these are really hard things to go through, but it's my faith in the higher realms that I lean on. It's my faith in knowing that I was here. Why, why did that even happen to me? Why did I even have those experiences? with this man that I was even put into this situation for. There's something bigger to it. And I have to, I have to have faith in that. And I have to use my voice because otherwise I'm shoving my emotions so deep down within me. And I'm, I'm going to be leaning on anything else to numb the pain. And that's so unhealthy. Absolutely. Have you found in your work that there is There are some people who believe that we as healers are supposed to have this level of perfectionism that we're not supposed to have any of this feelings or this low vibrational energy. Because, you know, when you said at the beginning, I thought I was going to die, you know, I could feel the pain within your body. I could see the emoic, like I could see the egoic mind just flaring its head right within Mm -hmm. your mind. We all have this. We're all human. As long as you're here, there's nobody that's perfect. True? Yes. yes. And I want to answer that question because it's come up a lot. And there were people who didn't, who, there were students for sure who, you know, or even there were one or two clients who did not want that from their healer. You know, they wanted this person who was just so, and they wanted me to be an angel and to not have any feelings of anything other than just euphoria all the time and, and having a magic wand, you know, and they, it's like they wanted me to show up with, with pixie dust. And, and my whole point in that was, wow, that's another thing that was so healing was that's an illusion no, there are angels, and I do believe that that there are those of us that embody the angelic frequency while we walk this earth. But we still have to survive, and that means that if something's coming at us, and it's something that's a threat, that we're not just going to let the tiger come and embrace us, right? Even though we see the pictures of the people with the lions, etc., it's very rare. You know, it's not those those situations are quite miraculous. If if something's hot, we're not just going to place our hand on it and let our hand burn. If there's a car coming at us, we're not going to stand in the middle of the road. Even if we are walking around with an angelic presence and we are here, here to help heal the world. Part of this massive healing is to see this and to see the, that, that one of the biggest problems in with healers at this time or with people who are, you know, wearing robes of, of, of a religion and doing things behind closed doors, you know, with, you know, a, maybe what a, a, maybe a priest has done or a guru has done or a, you know, the, a monk has done these, one of the biggest issues is this element of pretending to be perfect and to, and elevating oneself to that place of such high perfectionism 
that people actually will look so up to one as this angelic being and the and they will give all their power away to that person. Yes. And yes. if we are going to be truthful in being light leaders and if we are going to be truthful in this element of helping this planet heal, we have to embrace our all parts of ourselves, including those fears, including that part of myself that really did feel like it was going to die. It doesn't feel angelic to say that, but in order for me to truly be what I am here to be, I have to be honest. And that's part of my integrity is my authenticity. And I don't pretend to be anybody but who I am. And I don't do that necessarily for anybody else. I do it for myself because that's where my happiness is. My happiness comes from my absolute truth. And when we strive for perfection, we are just going down a dead end because no one is perfect. And perfection, perfectionism is in the eye of the beholder anyway, because everyone's going to see perfectionism just like beauty. It looks different to everybody. What we are in search of in order to help heal is, is wholeness. And just like the sun rises and the sun sets, right? That's part of nature, darkness and light. Just like we have tremendous love in our hearts, we're also going to have fear. So we're looking for the wholeness, the good, the beauty, the angelic, the parts of ourselves that we don't necessarily revere. You know, we love, I've learned to love all parts of myself. I will say that I learned to love all parts of myself within the past couple of years because that was part of what I had to do to get through this. So I've learned to love that that part of me that that can go into places of insecurity or that part of me that can easily kind of get suckered into a lower vibration. I fall in love with that, with her, because I think it's inner child. And I say, come back. We're not going there. You know, I've learned how to do these things in my life, but it doesn't mean that I am, that I feel perfect or that I claim to be perfect or that I'm always, you know, in a very high frequency because I'm human. And in order to actually be in a high frequency, we have to know what it feels like to not be in a high frequency. Just like in order to truly feel joy, we have to know what it feels like to feel sadness. That is beyond beautiful. I've never heard it put that way, but that resonates with me to the max degree. Good. Good. So these are some of the things that I have been forced to kind of conquer in my own life by the pain I've been through. And and this is where I do feel that I'm a, that I that I do want to, you know, unveil the false prophets too. Because they're, you know, it's 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 not just and I I don't, you know, my situation, I don't even go into politics. I don't even go into that place of I don't even want anything to do with politics. I've never wanted anything to do with politics. I'm all about love. So for me, it's not just, it's not just a politician. It's calling out the, the spiritual quote unquote master who's out there assaulting people or abusing people. There's, right. there's a lot of this element. It's, it's about reclaiming for men and women, reclaiming our worth and our power as children of the divine. We are all one. Let's start to go into this because I've got a couple of things written down. Ancestral history, I want to dive into, but first, divine feminine, divine masculine, and it's not just women. I've got a lot of gay male friends, and mm-hmm. there are gay males who are raped, you know? And oh, absolutely. Um, who go through devastating, you know, um, trauma. Um, oh, yeah. Just like we do. You're right. There are these false prophets. There are people who look to spiritual leaders and say that because they're in this position, they are like gods, right? And it might yes. be a priest. It might be a preacher. It. I've seen it in the Asian religions, though, too, where gurus kind of take this to the nth degree. Spirit mm-hmm. had me read something the other day, and I love Gandhi. Um, I didn't agree with a couple of things, but... I never knew he wanted to test his celibacy in his 70s by laying naked with his niece. Wow. And so there is this element 
of sexual abuse. And I don't, I only want to work with people that I know how to help from my own experiences. And I haven't had that particular experience in my life. I have had it where a boss came on to me and I told him no. And he ended up making my life hell at work Mm -hmm. until I went to the HR director and uh, it turns out that the HR director and my boss were very good friends. And instead of um, him calling to reprimand my boss, he called to warn my boss. And I ended up leaving the company because um left a really amazing job because of mm-hmm. that. Um, had to sign a disclosure agreement, but I think the disclosure agreements of the past are null and void at this point. You know, mm-hmm. we're coming into this divine feminine and we have to speak. I feel that so much, too. What do yeah. you see happening, though? How does this yeah. all play together of the experiences that we've had, sharing them, divine feminine coming in? I feel that the divine feminine is shining a light on everything and all secrets are being revealed. The truth is coming to the surface. And I feel that our, that because consciousness is changing, and we are moving from the, the 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 Piscean Age into the Aquarian Age, right? This is the dawning of the age of Aquarius, right? Well, we're in that. We're there. And in this new age, we are, this light is shining so much, and we're looking at it, and we're going, wait a minute, I see that outfit that person's wearing, but that, I think that's more of a costume. I'm starting to see that that's a costume, Whereas maybe a few years ago, I would see that person and I would think, oh my gosh, I should bow to this person in the airport. Look at what this, look at this robe. This must be a holy man, right? Now, I'm not saying, I mean, there are beautiful, beautiful, um, holy women, holy men in the world. There are also beautiful people who are covered in tattoos with, you know, tons of earrings and, and wearing black and being, you know, and being, mistaken for for being a rebel, right? Right. Yeah, and absolutely. My point is that w- the way I see is that I have gotten such such I've gotten so much dis- such a strong discernment. I've always had strong discernment and it's very different than judgment because judgment is what judgment's what we put on someone else that really we're also pointing at ourselves, right? Discernment is oh boy, something's wrong here and this has nothing to do with me. I just better get away from it. And the discernment that I have, has re- it's really quite amazing because I could see someone who's, you know, maybe homeless on the street, maybe maybe sitting there with a, with a, you know, a bottle and just tears and, you know, emaciated, whatever it is. And I can see the holiness, not all of them, but I'm saying once in a while, I will see the holiness in this person and I've even done crazy things. That's another story because I've known in the, my heart of hearts that I was supposed to help. And I can also see the person who is dressed in all the right clothing, who has an entourage of people elevating this person, putting this person up on some stage or some platform or some, you know, throne. And I'll see that person and I'll look around and I'll see this awe-inspired look on all these people around them, their faces. Mm-hmm. And I'll look at that particular person and I'll say, oh my gosh, get me out. I don't even say it. I feel it. My skin feels it. I've gotten to this point mm-hmm. now where I can feel things. And I'll say, get me out of here now. And mm-hmm. I have to leave. And if I'm with close people, a lot of people in my life now will say, okay, I get it. I know. You're right. Let's go. But it's oftentimes that, that, and those people, if it's a false, quote unquote, false prophet, they often know the ones that can see, and they will do everything to keep people who can see their true colors, to keep them away from them. And that's a whole nother story. So the, the, the light is becoming very threatening. The authentic light is becoming, um, so bright that people who are pretending to be of the light that aren't 
want to keep the real light as far away as possible. So some people are taking that as a form of rejection, where it's not a form of rejection from spirit, it's a form of ego rejection. So rejection is actually perfection in those moments. Those moments when that, you know, say I'm, I'm just going to say that, that, um, spiritual teacher who has thousands of followers, right? When that spiritual teacher, all of a sudden that, that beautiful bright light goes up to talk to that spiritual teacher and that spiritual teacher gets prickly with that person. And that person feels so hurt. And if that person doesn't have the self-awareness and the self-love to recognize something bigger is going on, this isn't about me, that person's going to go into, what did I do wrong? I must be a failure. I must be so ugly. I must be all these things. Because that person is someone who's evolved and enlightened. And then what ends up happening is that other the person who, who looks up to the spiritual person starts to go into self-blame until... They love themselves enough to see what's really going on. So what the divine feminine is doing right now, I feel very strongly, is illuminating these situations. And little by little by little, we're all starting to wake up. And we're all starting to see this truth. And we're all starting to go, wait a minute, looks good, feels wrong. Should I listen to my mind or my heart? And the more we listen to our heart and the more we listen to our feelings, the more we're able to say, okay, this, this is not a safe place for me. Even though it looks like a safe place and even though so many people think it's a safe place and so many people are giving all their, their power away to this, right? I mean, that's what happens with cults too. If we're that one person, we don't need to necessarily tell people who aren't ready what's going on because that doesn't work all the time. It can backfire. But we do need to honor ourselves. And if our feeling state is one of, I have to speak up right now, it's scary. But if it comes through, we have to and we do it. And I know many people are doing that. The divine feminine protects us. If we're doing it for the right reason and if we're doing it with true authenticity and we're doing it because we're called by this divine feminine energy, we are going to be protected in it. And that is another thing that helped me when I thought I was going to die is that I said, I know you had me do this, so I know you're not going to take me right now. Mm. After That was after I said, I think I'm going to die. Please don't take me this way. But then when I got to a place of elevating my vibration just enough to be in a, in a, even just a moment of, of quiet faith, I was able to see, you know, it was almost like the message came to me, like, you really think that we would put you in that situation when you know we put you there? Do you really think that we would have you, we would let someone kill you right now? Right. Absolutely. And that's where my courage came in because you know, it's funny when people say to me, you are a brave woman, you are a courageous woman. I look at them and I think, oh my gosh, no, I'm not. Never been brave, never been courageous, still not brave, still not courageous. I was called into something. It was not me. My, I am not this badass type of strong woman. I am far from that. And I think that's what you were reading in the New Yorker, this, you know, very, I just, I love to be home with a fireplace and a blanket and a good cup of tea. I'm not someone that gets out there and wants to fight at all. Yeah. So there's a, you know, there is a misconception where, you know, what strength is. And there's different ways of, you know, to me, courage is of the heart, which is what it means, right? Courage is of the heart and the heart is connected to the divine. So courage, true courage is when we take responsibility for what the divine has given us the task to take responsibility for. And that sometimes can be the courage to heal ourselves. It's fascinating because I feel like I could talk to you for days and there's so many different angles that tie into this. Like, Mm. you know, as I've talked to folks on this podcast, what I've shown them is that I've seen so many people within the spiritual community near me say, well, I just have to let it go and let it go, let it go. And I'm like, no, what I keep hearing from spirit is that we're here because we have specific purpose and we're here to hold the high vibration 
while we act. Absolutely. Do you want to talk about the divine, the ancestors? Yeah, I do, because with ancestral history, this is something that is playing out in a majority of my clients right now, where what spirit shows me is that we inherit different things. And I think we're going to find this scientifically, but it's definitely there energetically, where it might be addiction issues or depression, and there's actually more to it biologically than I think is understood at this point. Mm -hmm. But what they're also showing me is that there are constructs within our mind, and people really don't understand exactly how much this shapes our entire life so early on, that we hop into these constructs based on who our parents are, really, and it creates these jail cells within our mind that we either work to get out of or we carry on the ancestral chain. Break the chain or you carry it on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so that's something I've been actually studying for a long time. I've, I've, actually, I've actually been finding some, some science behind it, too. So basically, it's epigenetics, and we're, we are inheriting, you know, a lot of, we're inheriting these imprints. And it's, what, what happens is that if we heal the imprints in our own lives, we help our ancestors, and we also help our children and our grandchildren, so that we're not energetically passing them on. Or if they have passed on energetically, we still have the ability to heal them. And I know each person is a little bit different in how they heal, but what are the patterns that you're seeing? What are some of like the tips that you've learned because you've researched this so much? That energy work is essential. That's something that I've found for sure. Um, And that's what I love about Kundalini yoga also is that it does work on the energy body. So it does work on healing the unknown trauma as well as the known trauma. That's what I love about kundalini meditations, um, that we are able to move through some of these imprints that are so subconscious, we don't even know they're there, by healing the energetic component of it. And so what they're finding in epigenetics is that in the DNA of each cell, we have this, you know, the DNA that is, is from our ancestors, which has, you know, our eye color, our hair color, if we're short, we're tall, etc. There's also emotions. And so while we can't change our hair color um, by, you know, doing yoga or meditation, because that's, you know, that would be quite magic, that would be quite a miracle, um, that would be kind of scary <laughs> if we were able to do that, right? <laughs> Emotions are different because what are emotions? Emotions are emotion, energy and motion. That's so if we're if we are actually inheriting energy in motion, then we can change the motion of the energy. And so if we're so if we're doing work energetically, we can shift some of those components. So that's that is the that's the form of of healing that I see doing wonders right now. And it can start with ourselves too, to set set the intention of healing that the energy yeah. and recognizing that there are imprints that are not necessarily things from our own childhood. It could be from our great 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 grandmother's childhood. That's yeah. in our cell. And we'll never even know about it. But we don't need to know about it to heal it. Right. You know, I got another question for you. For people Mm -hmm. who are just coming into spiritual awakening, because we're seeing it in droves now, right? That more and more people are coming into a spiritually awakened state. Where do you recommend that they start? Because it can feel overwhelming at the beginning. Something came to me right when you asked that question, and I'm going to go with it. First thing, most important is to go deep within your own heart and your own soul and ask for guidance there. And follow the heart to find a mentor or a teacher or a guide or 
a community. But go deep within first and be very careful about making sure that you're not following something external, like, oh, this person has tons of followers. This must be the ticket. Because there's lots of ways to build um, that, right? There's lots of ways that we can that we can market ourselves. Some of the greatest wisdom comes from from people who are hidden in the middle of the Himalayas, in the middle of nowhere that we don't even know about. Not to say that there aren't incredible incredible teachers out there that are very well known, because there are, but. Not to look to the external, because that's a big mistake I've seen many people make when they start to go into a spiritual, into a spiritual path, is to mm-hmm. just assume, well, this person or this community or this church or this, you know, congregation or this synagogue or whatever it is, has been ranked as, right? Those, that ranking on the outside is not part of your spiritual practice, going deep within and embracing that inner truth is essential. And that might be that you end up in a congregation with five other people, but you feel at home. So that's, I think that is so key right now. And I think it's key in everything in life to stop looking outside of ourselves all the time and to stop going into the illusions of you know, just like what we do on social media. Like, oh, wow, look at this. You know, I mean, how many times have, has someone said to you, oh, so-and-so's struggling, and you'll say, what? Everything looks fine in their lives, right? Because there's these illusions. Or that happens a lot with teenagers, where the teenagers will put out these, you know, these Snapchat pictures and all these things that will just look so amazing, and then we'll find out something else, right? Well, they're not any different yeah. than, than us as adults. So this this, right. with this world of technology, it's really easy to pull the wool over someone's eyes. So it's essential to have discernment and go deep inside. Find the guru. The guru, the guru means that which brings us from darkness into light. Find the mm-hmm. guru within yourself first. And then let that attract, because that will attract on its own the high frequency of a community, of friends, of sisters and brothers, of a mm-hmm. mentor or a teacher or minister or spiritual mentor, whatever it is. It will, but it will come from the right place if you go within first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I Definitely. love that. I, I love that it's through communicating with one another that we are lifted, we are more enlightened, we're lifting our vibration even higher. Absolutely. I do too. Now, do you have a daughter? I do. I have a daughter and a son. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, was your daughter really close to your dad? Because he makes me, um, he's kind of like shining a light on her. I think he's close to both of them. But uh, Oh, he loves my daughter so much. Yes. Oh, my God. He loved her so very much. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't want to say, like, um, you know, they don't love us like one more than an, uh, another, but it's like he's one of her guides from the other yeah. side. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, and your mom's still here, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. And they were married when he passed? Yes, very close. Because, yeah, mm-hmm. his energy is so close to hers, and... um do you worry about her because he said it's not her time yet and you need to stop worrying? Oh, good. Thank you. Yes, yeah. I do worry about her. So I'm glad you said that. Thank you so much. Yeah. I do. Sometimes we have to hold that space for them energetically and he needs you to do that for her, of her wellness, you know, over the next, the rest of her life. Hold, hold the space of her wellness for her? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Who's the grandmother energy, though, that you were close to on the other side? My mother's mother. Okay. Um, So she's, like, one of the forefronts of your spirit team. Was she outspoken? Like, um, No. Okay. (laughs) Because she is on the other side. Wow, she is? She's very, like, directive. Like, um, 
like if she even kind of talks over your dad a little bit. <laughs> so I wonder if that, that, I mean, that could be my dad's mom. Okay. Is okay. she Italian? Because my mom's mom was very British and very proper and very soft-spoken and didn't say a lot. My dad's mom was very big. Okay. Yeah, that's her. Yeah, she is a little domineering on your team. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> <laughs> but you know that your dad um, kind of shows me, it's not somebody on your team. Sometimes what I see is like, you can almost see the spirit team inside your bubble, right? Of these are all the beings who help you, guide you, direct you, protect you. I feel like you have a close friend. So um, you have a female friend on the other side who passed before her time. My brother's wife, my sister-in-law. Okay. Um, she checks in on you from time to time. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, that's nice. That's my brother. That's Karen, my brother's wife. I could see that. Do you, um, do you tap into your guides? Probably not as much as I should. I don't always feel this energy, but I feel it with you. There And I don't talk about this on the podcast because uh, people think I'm crazy, but there is um, different realms on the other side, right? Different mm-hmm. beings. And mm-hmm. there's a group of beings with wings that have had lifetimes, right? And you can feel the energy of their wings in their back. And... um and if you're part of that on the other side, you can feel it in your energy, which I do. And they're mm. just like the most beautiful goddess-like creatures. There are some guides who come in from this realm that are just, well, actually everybody from this realm, but these are the guides that are just the most beautiful inside and out, right? Of just, mm-hmm. they're angelic. They're yes, They're just the most angelic guides. Yes. Yeah. And she is just, because you've always had that very feminine quality about you, like you like that piece of you. And that part of that's her. She's very close to you on the other side, very deep soul friend. And Mm. um, she keeps saying that she keeps you authentically you, and she's done that your entire life. Oh, how beautiful is that? Yeah. Do you feel really like your energy, like your daughter, We sometimes we have this, sometimes we don't, but I feel like your energy is was passed down to your daughter, that she's very much your energy. Oh, yeah, totally. She's very much my energy, yes. She's yeah. funny and she's, yes, she's very much my energy, yes. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if you, how old is she? She's 18. Okay. I don't know if you think that she might not go in this direction. She might change things. She's got really big purpose here. You know, I've heard other people say that too. Yeah, it's almost, um, she knows too much right now. And I think that she just wants to have some time to just be herself without having too many pressures or too much responsibility. But Mm -hmm. she's going to step into that, um, you know, more in her early 20s. Wow. Yeah, that's amazing. I can see that. Yeah. But she chose you for a reason because she's a healer, too. Yes. If this is the route that she takes, then I feel like there's majority of energy on this route. You're going to help her to get to a different level faster than you did because it enables her and she fully holds the heart intention of using it to serve humanity and help as mm-hmm. many people as possible. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. Oh, Karina, thank you so much for oh, your time Oh, it was today. so lovely meeting you. So lovely meeting you. I'm so glad that we did this. Oh, you too. You too. Well, thank you so much for your time and I hope you have a wonderful, blessed day. Oh, you too, beautiful you. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Beautiful souls, we have so many freebies to help serve you, your family, and friends. 
Want a weekly message from your angels emailed to you? Sign up on my website to receive a weekly message of love, hope, and healing from the angels. Do you have a prayer request? Go to the homepage of my website and submit your prayer request so that our team of prayer warriors can be praying for you daily. Want to learn more about the angels and energy healing? Subscribe to my YouTube channel called Julie Jancis to learn more about the angels, energy healing techniques, and so much more. One of the biggest things we hear from our listeners is that they have no one to talk to about their spiritual awakening. We created a private Facebook group called the Angels and Awakening Podcast Tribe so that you could connect with others like you and know that you're not alone. So be sure to join this group on Facebook to get the support you need. Want a free session? We plan to give away over 240 free sessions with students in the Angel School per year. To win a free session, subscribe and rate this podcast five stars. Then write a positive review and email us a screenshot. That way we know who to contact when you win. Want to share your uplifting angel story on the podcast? Because we love sharing them. Please write down your angel story and email it to us. Don't forget, be an angel and share this podcast with someone who needs it. See you back here next time for another episode of the Angels and Awakening podcast.